This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Futurefile, a new podcast exploring the technologies changing the way we live, work, and play. In each episode, we'll be delving into the latest digital developments in an effort to understand how they affect us all. I'm Sophie Curtis, technology editor at Mirror Online. I'm Jeff Parsons, the technology reporter at Mirror Online. If you've got any suggestions for future topics, leave a review and let us know what you'd like to hear about. Subscribing will get you all the latest episodes. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Miratech for more technology and science news. So today's podcast, we thought we'd talk about the iPhone. Uh, the last podcast we did two weeks ago was talking about all the rumours, uh, everything that had leaked ahead of the event. Uh, since then, not only has Apple actually unveiled its new phones, but Jeff has got married and been on honeymoon and missed the whole thing. Uh, he, might, he might be sad about that. He might uh, have been hugely relieved. But either way, it's quite interesting to know, having been out of the tech loop for the last two weeks, what sort of filtered through to yeah. you while you were away. Yeah, that's true. I wasn't. I, I missed it. It passed me by. Not not all of it passed me by. Uh, I caught I caught some of the details, but it's, as you said, I wasn't really in the tech bubble uh, and following every single announcement. So. Uh, so what did you hear? Well, I heard. I mean, I was staying in a hotel and I caught a little bit on the news about uh, the a couple of the updates that have been made. Um, obviously, I knew going into it what the rumours were, so so it wasn't really a surprise. But I I was surprised at how few uh, of the the new features really carried through. The the two big updates that I sort of caught as I was as I was passing through, I suppose, was the adoption of the OLED screen, which yeah. was something we, we thought was going to happen, and the um, the facial recognition, you know, yeah. the face ID. Uh, those are really the only two top-line features that, that, that I picked up on. Um, Interesting that, that they're both uh, iPhone X. So obviously that was the headline event, uh, the headline flagship device of the event but um you know there were two other phones released as well any yeah, any consciousness nothing, of that absolutely nothing <laughs> no. um i didn't i didn't pick up on that the, there were two extra phones i didn't know that there were they were uh given the the, the the eight tag rather than the s tag that we thought they might get given that yeah. was that was a complete surprise to me when i rein re-entered life as yeah. a married man <laughs> and logs back on um yeah no I, I didn't i didn't notice that at all that's interesting i mean i think actually i was i was at the event i went over to california and went to see apple's new headquarters where the event was held and uh, got hands-on with the new devices so i was really opposite extreme in the yeah, thick we're of coming it at this really from <laughs> yeah. like two completely opposite sides um, but actually i think i've probably come away with the same takeaways that you have I mean it was very much all about the iPhone X uh, you know the buzz at the event what everyone was talking about all the rumours that we discussed before were applied to the iPhone mm. X and not really the other stuff so that was very much sort of what I came away with as well I think the face ID like you mentioned the, the facial recognition feature is a really interesting one um, not only is it just going to be available in the iPhone X 
So the lower models aren't going to get it at all. They're going to hold on to Touch ID, which is the fingerprint reader. So mm. it's only that top model that's going to get the new super-duper yeah. facial recognition. Um, and not only that, but it's it's getting rid of Touch ID altogether. So it's actually going to be your only option to unlock the phone, apart from obviously you could put in a code well, if you want. Yeah. Which, I think, you which know... could go both ways, couldn't it? We were <laughs> exactly. talking about this the other day. It, it could, you know, if they get it down and it works really well, it could be great, but there are some concerns and it's unproven as well it was one of the th one of the few things they weren't really showing off that much in the sort of demo area yeah. at apple they were showing off this thing and emojis did that come through to you at all <laughs> so these uh, are these uh, are emojis that you control with your face um so the new selfie camera on the <laughs> iphone x has sort of depth sensing technology so it can really read your expressions very well and then they it takes that and transposes it onto an emoji of your choice <laughs> so that could be a robot or it could be a pig or best of all it's got to be the poo the, the, poo. <laughs> the smiley poo it can <laughs> no, now be your very own face i did not know that particular feature uh, until i as i say got got back into work and, and looked it up really um do you have a desire to be no the poo? i really don't <laughs> i don't know what apple are doing here i mean this is a premium piece of equipment oh one thing that did come through actually was the price i did pick up on that yeah we, we can talk about that in a minute yeah but i mean we're selling this piece of technology, this this beautiful new phone, on the basis you can control an emoji with your face. <laughs> That's not going to get me running into an Apple store to buy one. No, I agree <sighs> with you. But it's in. I mean, in th if you think about it in the longer term, I guess there are some interesting applications of being able to take your facial expressions and put them into other things. To me, the, the standout one would be uh, video games. If you could create an avatar of yourself in a video game and then and then create that based mm. on your own facial expressions, that's a much more compelling thing than than having yeah, something okay. that's very that's, 2D. That's, that does sound cool. Yeah. That does sound but, like a cool you idea. Know, it's, it's a future possibility. <laughs> it's not a reality at the moment. At the moment, as you say, it's all about the animojis. Um, and yeah, as, just going back briefly to what we were saying about Face ID, I mean, this thing of having to use your face to unlock your phone, that I can imagine quite a lot of scenarios where that could be potentially troublesome. Yeah, right, we're talking like, about getting on the tube. Yeah. Is the obvious one. Yeah. Everyone knows that it's the worst thing in the world holding up a queue of people behind you as you're trying to do Apple Pay yeah. as you go through the barriers. If it's if you're holding up your phone to your face and it's not working and, and people behind you are getting irate, that's not going to go down well. Right. I mean, so for the benefit of me and for maybe anyone that listening that hasn't quite got their head around this yet, how is it going to work with with paying, with, with doing it? Because presumably you have to hold the phone up to your face before you can put it down on the on the receiver? Or, right. In exactly the work? same way as, the, as you did with Apple, sorry, with Touch ID, you'd you, press your your fingerprint to the reader it would identify you and then you touch your phone to pay right. in this case rather than touching your fingerprint you're holding it up to your face it reads your face it recognizes you and at that point you can then put your phone down to pay with apple pay and that's whether it's in a shop on the tube mm. you know wherever mm -hmm. wherever you use apple pay now okay okay but it does have to be seamless and it has to pick it up right you know within a, a half a second or something and that's like what we don't said. know really I mean 
embarrassingly for Apple at the demonstration, it didn't work. Yes, I heard about this. <laughs> that, that's right. That it didn't it didn't flow as naturally as it should. Do right, and and the, on this on the stage on the stage, uh, he had, uh, Craig Federighi, who was doing the presentation, actually had to change phones halfway through because the first he tried it a few times and it just wasn't working. So doesn't bode well really but you know Apple's come up with an explanation for that apparently it was because lots of people had been using that phone on stage during the day and it had basically locked itself because uh, it had seen too many other people's faces but is that okay wait, 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 wait. <laughs> hold on so if too many faces try to get scanned by the phone it's going to lock itself. That seems to be the case. What if you're what? Wait, what if you're in the tube then, or you're in the <laughs> yeah. restaurant, or there's people and other faces glance at your phone? What if you're passing it around your family? What if you're it's a very good question? How is that gonna? How is that gonna work? I mean, I have. Let me let me let me back up a little bit. I have a lot of faith in Apple's ability to plan long term. I think they are one of the best companies in the world at long term goals. And what we're seeing now, I'm sure, is part of a grand scheme they've got to evolve on this as as it goes forward you know that we talked about this last year when they dropped the headphone jack it was a big decision to make and then we said this is because of future phones it will come out and it will become it will become the way we use it that that's that's what they're trying to do at this point yeah sure enough you know we don't have the headphone jack and it. it's a year on now and it's kind of passed us by so i have faith that they are they know where they're going but I mean, come on. <laughs> well, <laughs> when we get there, it'll be great. But right at the moment, this just seems like there is going to be some teething problems for for people. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I'd be amazed if there weren't. Obviously, Apple's not the first company to use facial recognition. The last mm. Samsung phones used it. But it's it's a different technology, actually. What Apple's created is is a lot more sophisticated in some ways. But you know there's there's still going to be a lot of issues to to think about when we come to using it and to me the concern is that there's not an alternative because in those samsung phones you have facial recognition but you also have the option of fingerprint reading which has become more established and they they even have iris scanning which is even more complicated but you know there there are several options whereas with apple it seems like they've gone all in on this so they really better hope it works yeah Better hope it works. <laughs> and you better hope it works as well if you're going to walk in there and put down a thousand pounds to buy yes. this phone. So, the, yeah, the price was the other thing that, <laughs> that came through to you. The a first thousand pound phone. What would it take for you to spend a thousand pounds on a phone? Oh, it would take something. I would have to, I would have, to have it hand delivered by Tim Cook to my house. <laughs> you know, good luck with that. With, uh, <clears throat> with just an outpouring of love from apple and i don't know what it would take but a thousand pounds for a phone i mean where where do we stand with this kind of stuff because apple is a premium brand it's always been seen as a premium brand is is this too much premium i don't know who's gonna who's gonna go out and buy it what's quite interesting is that apple seems to be going for quite a range of prices so obviously the iphone x is a thousand pounds um then there's just below that the other new phones which are the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus which I think are something like 699 and 799 yeah. pounds yeah. so you know there's quite a big drop there I mean it's still not a small amount to pay for a phone but it's a bit more in the realm of what we're used to mm. um, but then maybe that creates its own problems because yes the iPhone X was the one that everyone was talking about at the launch event but when you actually compare the two side by side what's going to make you pay that extra mm. £300, £200 for the top end model 
I mean, they're both now made of glass. Both, both, both all, all three, in fact. Yep. So both wireless the, charging. Both have wireless yep. charging. Um, obviously, the display is unique to the iPhone X, but there's still a very good display on the other ones, yeah. to, as we're used to with the iPhone sevens. Um, you know, there's an, and then there's Face ID as well in the iPhone X. But actually, the the extra features that you get with the iPhone X are they going to be enough to persuade people to pay the extra two hundred pounds or three hundred pounds in the case of the iPhone eight? I I, I, I can't see it happening. Um, I, I would go for the the, the lower priced one if, yeah. if I were. I think to to get one. Um, and bear in mind that they're still selling the iPhone sevens. Uh, the SE, so that you know, you can go all the way down to about three hundred and fifty pounds if you want the iPhone SE. That's still on sale yeah, from Apple is, Direct. That's a very good point. Yeah. So actually, there's there's they've got quite a spread of prices now. Um, maybe it's only going to be those people with business accounts and you know. <laughs> Do you think it will take nerds. on that? They, I mean, they said I, I caught this as well. That, that, that they said that this is how phones are going to be from now on. And do you think it will be that sort of status symbol? Of, oh, look, I've got the iPhone 10 X, whatever we're calling it. <laughs> oh, sorry, the iPhone 10. Yes, is you're what right. It is supposed to be called. That is the official name. I can't that stop is. calling it X. But Me you're neither. Right. <laughs> so it, will it will it become that status symbol where you know you'll pull it out the pub again? I I, I don't think it will because you've already got Android phones that are designed that way. Yeah, it was an interesting statement that I think they said it was the blueprint for the next ten years. Obviously, right. this being ten years since the original iPhone launched. But then they didn't really explain what they meant by that. I mean, it's it's a new design. It's got this sort of edge-to-edge screen, which obviously a lot of smartphones are adopting mm. now. We've seen that in Samsung phones, LG phones. Um, yeah. I think but then what about it makes this the blueprint for the next 10 years? I'm not sure. I think you know, edge-to-edge screen, screens, phone displays, that's been the, the trend of 2017. We mentioned this uh, in the last podcast that, that, ever, that other, other phone companies are doing as well. I think it will become uh, the norm, and I think it's a great thing. It, it, the Samsung S8 is beautifully designed. The, the iPhone X10 is beautifully designed as well, but I don't see Apple as being the leader that it maybe was four or five years ago mm. in terms of design. I just don't. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the iPhone X screen is made by Samsung. I think that may be true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Apple's traditionally used quite a lot of components from Samsung and other companies to make its phones. But yes, you're right. And actually, if you look now at the iPhone X next to something like the Galaxy Note 8, you mm. know, they, they're both both all glass they've both got these amazing OLED displays they've both got pretty much the same power and everything else on the inside Um, so it actually comes down to things like face ID or in the case of the Samsung Note it's got the stylus you know sort of little things that make it stand out and a bit different Um, and I suppose you're also going to have the fact that you've, you've got you've you've got people who are wedded to the iOS ecosystem you know they've bought their apps they've got their calendars set up they've got their maps synced everything um everything that they use their phone for which is you know not just making calls and text messages anymore it's everything they are wedded to that system and for them the easiest mode is just to upgrade to the next one every year or two years or however whenever it comes along um without really thinking of maybe taking into account these other manufacturers that are making you know phones on the android operating system as well uh to to kind of swap over but 
you know, obviously works the other way. You might have people who are so used to using the Android systems that they don't want to go to the iOS, even if Apple has created the blueprint of all future phones or whatever yeah. it is. So it's and what's I guess one of the points there is that this divide between iOS and Android has been going on for years, but has Apple given Android users any reason to switch to iOS or vice versa with Samsung? Probably not, because they're, they're too similar. So you're yeah. right that people will stay in their software bubbles that they know, whether that's, you know, they're, they're used to using all the Android apps and mm. stuff, and or whether they're kind of locked into the Apple ecosystem. Either way, you know, neither company is really trying to, it appears to be trying to win over each other's customers anymore. Mm. Yeah, it just seems that they're sort of, they're set in their ways a little bit. And yeah, I'd be really interested to see when. I mean, I'd be really interested to see the, the sales figures when they come out about how well these new iPhones do. I'm sure there'll be massive hits and they'll go on and sell millions and millions, and it'll continue to be Apple's sort of real cash cow. Uh, but it, for me, it just the, like the, the 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 shine has come away a little bit. Yeah, mm. I, I appreciate it as a product. I think it's a really beautiful piece of equipment, but it's not. I'm not sitting up and taking notice anymore. And like you said, if I'm out of the bubble a little bit, it kind of passed me by. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what would it take? I mean, obviously, every, all, so many smartphones are now based on the same template of what a smartphone is. Mm. What, would, what would it take to I impress think, you or surprise you? I think I would like maybe a better, maybe a better value proposition. You know, I... I I don't want to keep beating on about pricing and all that sort of stuff, but the the fact I think is that components are cheaper now than they ever have been. Manufacturing uh, processes are, are also being streamlined and more efficient. You can produce amazing pieces of pieces of equipment. I've seen it with um, other manufacturers over the course of the year who are producing good phones or tablets with nice screens and good cameras. You know, battery life that will go for more than just a day, and they're not charging you. A thousand pounds for it. You, no. you can get something, something decent. Uh, admittedly, it means maybe shifting to the Android uh, operating system, but you can get something decent for you know half the price that, that Apple are charging. Again, we we go back to the earlier point about it being a premium product, and it's got that that the beautiful interface between hardware and software, which Apple has always done better than anyone else. But you pay the premium for that. Mm. It, it all depends on your budget, where you sit, what you want to do. But for me, that that kind of cost efficiency is is something that i would take very seriously when i was when i'm going to to buy a new phone what about these kind of crazy gimmicky features that some smartphone makers are trying to use now to to make their phones stand out i mean uh, the problem we've both been talking about really is that smartphones are too much the same as each other Mm. but you know a few months ago htc bought out a phone that was squeezable the first squeezable phone, and so that was it created a new input method for, you know, you could take you could take photos, for example, by squeezing the sides of the phone, and you know, kudos to them for coming up with something new and something original. But you're shaking your head. Yeah. <laughs> Don't care. Do not care. Just give me a great battery, a good camera, a nice screen. That's what I think the majority of users want. That's what I want. Now I appreciate that from a marketing perspective, from a um, real sort of promotional aspect just trotting out the same thing year after year isn't going to work you need to you need something to get people excited about but hence the talking poo hence the talking poo <laughs> but that's great for a, an all singing all dancing presentation it's great for us to sit here and talk about and have a joke about but 
am I going to decide to buy this phone over this phone because that one I can create a talking poo with my face or this one I can squeeze? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, it's not It's not going to make you buy the phone, really. It's not it? going to make me buy the phone. <laughs> but then I also, it's so difficult because I also don't want to sit here and say, oh, let's just keep trotting out you know, better specs all the time without trying something new. I think innovation is really important. I'd like to foster it more. I'd like to see people change things up. But... It becomes it becomes a, a two-stage process. Firstly, you have to find innovations that are really going to work and are really going to be useful in people's everyday lives. And then you have to communicate that to people that maybe have other things on their mind, they're busy, they don't really understand all the technology, they don't follow it day in, day out like we do. You've got to make these people um, comfortable with something that might be a gimmick or it might actually be useful. That's, that's going to sway people, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I thought we should probably talk a little bit as well about the Apple Watch 3, which was also released at the event. Clearly that was not on your list of things that you picked up on, but it was actually quite an interesting announcement, I thought, because this is the first Apple Watch that has 4G built into it. Mm. So all the previous Apple Watches have basically relied on being on the same Wi-Fi network or at least in close uh, proximity to your iPhone so they could talk to it via Bluetooth. now with a 4g apple watch it means you can leave your phone at home you can go for a run you can stream your music through wireless headphones you could go to the shop you could use apple pay you could call home and you don't have to have your phone with you at all that to me is is quite a game changer that's i agree that's really cool that's the feature we've been waiting for with wearables i have one question for you in return how often do you go out without your phone? <laughs> well, at the moment, never. <laughs> but I, I couldn't. It wasn't an option before. Whereas now, I, I'm i quite intrigued by the idea that I could leave it. And I'd actually quite like to give it a go. You know, given the opportunity, mm. I'd be mm. interested to see if you could leave your phone at home for a week and just oh, wear the watch. That's a great idea. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Um, I mean, there must yeah. be a sizable number of applications that would be very frustrating to use just on the watch I think yeah things like email I mean it's a very small screen mm. it's quite hard to reply you can dictate things using Siri but not ideal um, but you know there's actually quite a lot of things like Spotify actually I'm not sure Spotify works but Apple Music certainly does so you could you could stream all your tracks you don't yeah. really need a phone interface for that yeah. um, Apple I mean, Pay as I say works there's quite a lot of things I, that for, for, me, for me, the, 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 the fitness aspect would be a big big sell at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm never someone that likes to strap their phone to their arm as they go running off down the park or, or getting on the It seems to defeat the point, doesn't it, of having the wearable if you have to strap your phone to your arm. Exactly, well. <laughs> yeah. So, so from, from that um, from that angle, I'd, I'd be really interested to, to, to get on board with it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That would be a big selling point for me. And it's got GPS in it. So yeah. in theory, yeah. all those apps that you use to track your runs or if you're a cyclist, for example, they they could, in mm. theory at least, work just with the with the watch alone. I think Apple seems to have maybe cottoned on to that health and fitness is probably the way to go with wearables yeah. to sell it this way. Because if you remember when they first brought out the Apple Watch, it was sort of a fashion accessory and they had these you know, um, a brand bands and things like that. <laughs> well, they still do, right? yeah. But it, it, I, <clears throat> I feel maybe that the message has changed somewhat a little bit from it being a, a really fashionable thing to actually being, a, there was a partnership with Nike yeah. to have that sort of sporty aesthetic to go after the fitness fitness crowd. And um, 
I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's because I, I like I like getting out and, and going for a run or going for a cycle or something like that. So I I respond to that better. Uh, but for me, that just seems like the way to go with wearables. And and like you said, the Apple Watch Three is is definitely definitely going to be the the one to go for for that. Yeah, more attractive in that respect. Yeah, it's interesting though that they haven't. You know, they 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 very much push the the sort of sport and fitness features, but. I think I feel like they don't want to limit their market by just going after that because if you sell it as a fitness device, you potentially alienate quite a lot of people that aren't into going running mm. all the time. And and you know there are quite a lot of other things that you can do with the watch. So yeah, I mean <clears throat> I imagine they want to keep it quite open yeah. in terms of what you can do with it. But yeah, I think you're right, and all the research points to that, which is that the the sporting fitness aspects of wearables things like Fitbit obviously um, yeah. are, are the kind who, of big sellers who, that's who, why people buy them who also <clears> have a, a watch coming out as well Fitbit have a, have a, a smartwatch yeah that's a good point out. in fact it, it, we have we have a Fitbit smartwatch coming out to challenge the Apple Watch 3 we have rumours uh, of a new Google phone coming out later as well to challenge the, X, the, the iPhone X 10 so I don't think Apple has it all all its own way at the moment you know there's mm. a, there's some good competition out there so do you, do you think that they've do you think that apple has has done enough uh, to to stay the the top end or are, the, are these other sort of challenges going to be snapping at their heels like how how do you see the how do you see it playing out especially as we run up to christmas and people yeah. are looking to like maybe get a new phone or get a new gadget or something for the family or whatever it might be you know where do you see the 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 I think you're right all, all of these out? companies are snapping at their heels and you know, Apple still has massive loyalty. It still has huge numbers of people that are very much part of the Apple ecosystem already and are going to stay within that because, frankly, it's easier to do that than try and break out and do something di- different. But, you know, th- even thinking about, you know, Samsung's Note 8 is not that much different in price from the iPhone X. Yeah. So these competitors, while quite often offering something a bit cheaper and more accessible, you know, they're not actually that far off from what Apple's, you know, Apple's setting the standards, I guess, and and they're along the same lines. Um, I think you're right. In the case of wearables, Apple has quite a hard job on its hands. Fitbit is still by far the most popular wearables brand, and then Mm. there's all these others like Jawbone, and there's loads now. It's one of the biggest categories, really, of electronics. So again, you know, the people who are locked into the Apple ecosystem may go for Apple Watch, but... I mean, I, I, if you've got, I think if you've got an iPhone, no question, you get an Apple Watch. Obviously, mm. you get an Apple Watch. If you're an, if you're an Android user or a Windows Phone user, um, maybe you're you're going to look at something like like the Samsung wearables or or, or the Fitbits, I suppose. But uh, yeah, it, it, still that sort of division between where you're most comfortable, what you're most comfortable with using, and where all your data is stored. Yeah. Data, that's a good point. <laughs> Which companies do you trust with your data? Traditionally, people have been very trusting of Apple. Yeah, and I don't see that changing, really. Apple has, in my eyes, um, been very open about where they are um, keeping their data. When Touch ID was introduced, they were very clear about that it's stored on the device um, because that's where the danger comes from is, is, is when the, the data the data is transferred from device to server or, and they're back in. It's, it's in that transition, that transference, sorry, where you're risking it being intercepted um, or unless someone nicks your iPhone out of your pocket mm-hmm. and does it that way. But 
no, I, I I would trust Apple with my data. I think they they've they've shown a willingness to step up and and um, protect data, protect encryption in the past. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think that will change. I hope it won't change because it's a really important issue yeah. for us all to be talking about at the moment. Um, other companies, maybe less so. I don't know. You look at uh, Google and Facebook, for example, both companies that make their money through advertising. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to be a little bit less inclined to trust <laughs> them with my data. Well, it's one of the um, big attractions of Apple, isn't it, that they've they've never really given in to that. Whereas, as you say, Facebook, Google. And you know, to some, to an extent, some other companies as well really rely on advertising, and therefore, data is currency, mm. and you are exactly. the product. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you make it. You make a, a decision if you're going to use this product for free. That's that's a Facebook account. That's Google search. That's a Snapchat or whatever it is. Mm. It's a trade. You're giving them your your data, and they're giving you the product to use, and and you have to be okay with that if you're going to use use the product I feel like this should be the topic of our next podcast oh, that, could be good, that could be a good topic for the next one yeah, I, like <laughs> I that. think we'll probably leave it there but um, thank you very much for listening um, if you'd like to subscribe you can obviously do that and you can get all the future episodes that we make um, and leave your comments below we'd like to know your, your feedback and if you've got any suggestions for future episodes we'd like to know that too so thank you very much <laughs>